Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's Wendy Sellers, the HR lady. We are here in episode five of five in the series about inclusive leadership and how it starts with you. We want to give some words of advice as our final session today and how to become a more consciously inclusive leader. As you know, we're here with Dr. Steve Iacovelli of Doc top dog learning group and he's going to give us information and jc is going to give us more stats on inclusivity and inclusive benefits for employees what you got steve how can i become a more consciously inclusive leader and how can our leaders who are listening who's never even heard of these terms become a more consciously inclusive leader where do you start yeah it's really i kind of broke it down into three different areas of focus. You think in, you speak up, and you act out. So think in is is just looking inward and getting your own house in order. We talked earlier in the series about unconscious bias very briefly, project implicit. Yes, that's one of many ways you just start to think about your own actions, words, behavior that may be contributing to you being not as inclusive as you would like to be. So you think in first. It's all about you discovering your own unconscious biases and dealing with them to begin with. The speak up is how do you create a space for those immediately around you to be more inclusive? And this one, I, I, I bring up the concepts of uh, beating silent collusion. And we'll put a link in the uh, in the chat area. We have a, like a free training that can kind of help with this specifically on um, you know, mitigating that silent collusion. And silent collusion, of course, as you know, Wendy, is when someone says that disparaging comment and no one refutes it. At that mm. moment, we're all silently agreeing but that's you know quite frankly it's usually a stupid statement being said don't do that as a leader <laughs> you want to refute those and there's some strategies to kind of speak up on behalf of the, the rights of others within your respective workplace and then act out is is just really going beyond your team you know going out to the rest of the organization and seeing what else can we do to be more inclusive a great example i had a client who told me that um you know in the act out kind of phase they looked at their policies on bereavement and really that uh, and they opened those policies for bereavement up to non-human family members and i said you know what as as someone who doesn't have human kids but i have canine kids in this world i felt seen when she just told me that little tidbit and i'm like i'm sure some of their employees felt the same way is that a big policy probably not but is it showing that i'm seeing you and i'm honoring you the way you make up your family might be different than others absolutely or as we say in the 80s absolutely so um really thinking the way to think in speak up and act out within your workplace. I love it. So, to three things, very, very simple. First, think, which we should all be doing before we open our mouths anyways, right? Before we do that, speaking up and acting out and just really helping people to know that, hey, it's okay to ask questions. You know, like, like I, I think I was sharing a, in between a, our sessions here is, you know, I just started asking questions to people that I've met that I'm comfortable with and they're comfortable with me about being transgender, about being uh, whatever their orientation is or identity because I don't know enough about it and I want to be educated but often we just shut up and we don't say anything because like i don't know anything i don't want to offend anybody it's like well it is how you're going to approach it too right 
camp. Yeah, and I, I think you did the, the, the right thing, Wendy, where you asked permission first, because I can say, you know, this is my job, so I'm pretty okay with it. But when you put the other, who would insert whatever difference here, in the spot of having to be the educator, it gets exhausting. And so, you know, just as we go to educate ourselves, being mindful of that, you know, when we do the think in part, for example, Google is awesome and we can find some great stuff out there too. And so there's that opportunity to kind of do your own legwork, but then ask that permission, Wendy, like you did to say, Hey, do you mind if I ask? And if they're just had like an exhausting day, like, Oh my gosh, I've answered these questions like 20 million times a day. Then they'd be like, thank you for asking. You know what? Can we table this till tomorrow? Or they might like, Hey, have at it. What you need to know. And giving that grace and that permission, I think is key. So consciously inclusive leadership means also checking yourself like, hey, this isn't maybe the most appropriate time spot, you know, or whatever conversation, period. And then making sure the person who you're speaking to and trying to get more information is feeling safe. And is it okay for them? I mean, even if you just ask me, hey, what's on your plate? I might be like, oh, let me tell you everything (laughs) or Not today. I need to go get some wine first. We can't have this conversation right now. So, you know, what about, you know, and I think JC has some stats on this, but what about, um, you know, companies that are providing some kind of inclusive benefits above and beyond the diversity, equity and inclusion training? Are, are many companies doing that? Uh, JC, you got some stats on this? Yeah, today the majority of Fortune 500 companies provide inclusive benefits to their LGBTQIAAP plus employees. 93% of organizations have anti-discrimination policies that cover sexual orientation. 91% of organizations have anti-discrimination policies that cover gender identity. And 56% of domestic partner benefits are also included. Back to you. So for those that are listening and you're going, you know what? I don't know if my policies cover sexual orientation, gender identity. Um, first of all, it's federal law now, so it better. <laughs> so if you haven't updated your handbook since pre-pandemic, you might have some work to do. Um, I could help with that. I'm sure Dr. Steve could help with that as well. And then, you know, you need to go above and beyond just the federal law and say, where are we located? Where do my employees live virtually or, um, you know, physically, where do they work? And what are the policies and the, I'm sorry, the laws in that state regarding regarding sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, whatever it might be. So it's interesting that so many companies are like, oh, we may we have a policy. Well, regardless of your policy or not, you have to uphold the law. But but also too, you know, again, if you're just be- meeting the bare minimum, people will know that performative right. allyship, like low bar. Uh-uh. And again, in this day and age, depending, of course, on the job, I could virtually go elsewhere. So if you want to retain your top talent, this is priority stuff to be looking at, uh, to keep the best folks, uh, not just keep them in the door, but really allow them to engage with your workplace. You want to really look at these policies and make sure people do feel that sense of belonging. Otherwise, they'll pick up their toys and go. Yeah, absolutely. And in your benefits too, that, you know, JC stat was about 56% of Fortune 500 companies 
um, have domestic partner benefits. But I want to go above and beyond that and say, you know, be inclusive to everyone, people with kids, people without kids, people with dogs, people without dogs, people that want more sick time, people that want more vacation time, different kinds of health plans. There's so many ways you can be diverse and consciously inclusive and to everybody that's in the workforce. But it does take a lot of work and it's not cheap, you know, but it's definitely cheaper than turnover and cheaper than recruiting these days. And, and, and that's where your employee resource groups or affinity groups or whatever you call them, they can help here. You know, I mean, you have like focus groups right in your business, depending on how big you are, assuming you have those employee resource groups. So leverage them, ask them collectively what they're looking for in benefits and policies, etc., and use them as that sounding board litmus test. You know, don't just take a guess and figure out, oh, what do parents want or what do queer folks want or whatever that looks like. So Dr. Steve, for our listeners today, what is the best way for them to contact you or internet stalk you so that they can continue (laughs) to become educated and or bring you in um, to do some programs with their company? Yeah, absolutely. The easiest place to go is to our main website, topdoglearning.biz, B-I-Z. There you can find out about me, my team, um, the different programs we offer, some of the keynote stuff, all the books that I have out there, including uh, the latest one, Pride Leadership. The next one comes out in January as well. Uh, but topdoglearning.biz. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening to all five series in our five-part series on inclusive leadership. Consciously inclusive leadership starts with you, and Dr. Steve Iacovelli of Top Dog Learning Group can help you. We hope this information has been helpful. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.